Good morning. My name is Steve Dickman, president for Outpost Centers International. And today we're going to do report number 10. This has been about 10 or 11 weeks into the conflict there in Ukraine that has caused a lot of suffering and heartache. But today we hear stories of hope. And today we hear stories from people that still have needs. And we're going to hear a few miracle stories today as well. So we pray and hope that this report today will be a blessing to you. I'm going to go first this morning to Jonathan. Jonathan has been working on the front lines and is working with Dr. Yuri. Jonathan, talk to us about your experience in working in the clinics there and how the Lord has blessed in that. Yes, the Lord has very much blessed. I had the privilege of working with Dr. Yuri and about five or six other doctors at the mobile clinics based out of Chernivtsi in uh, southern Ukraine. And it's been a wonderful experience. Essentially, we load up in the morning, we go out several hours in the surrounding areas, and we set up clinics at either government buildings or Adventist buildings that they have. And people come from in the community. Some of the doctors are ear, nose, and throat doctors. They have physiotherapists. Essentially, they're able to get whole person care. We test their blood. We have a mobile lab. So my responsibility there was to do the blood draws and then give it to the mobile lab. And they get a complete blood count. And we're able to essentially provide a wellness checkup for them and help in, in whatever needs that they have around the area. Being involved in this work has impacted my life personally in many regards, but specifically in the regard of just how committed I want to be for Christ. When I first came to Ukraine, I noticed certain things that I didn't notice in, in America, for instance. Everyone always stood for prayer. And the churches here, they'd have this certain time where people would greet from other churches. So if they had a visitor, they'd have them stand up and just say greetings from a certain other church. And the connections between church members are really important. A lot of the work and things that I've been doing have been from the grassroots. We're ever so grateful for huge organizations and Adventist organizations like OCI and ADRA. But I've just noticed so many grassroots movements starting with individual church members like Villas. He started this whole van project from grassroots and they've gotten a lot of support from these big organizations. I just noticed a next level of commitment in everyone. And I really want to carry that with me throughout the rest of my life. Thank you, Jonathan, for sharing. And a little bit on a personal note there. Uh, thank you for your service there in Ukraine at this point. And uh, we're going to go to Villas now. Villas, uh, you have been a part of the transportation operation there. Tell us a little bit about how that's going. Yeah, the Lord is blessing the whole time from the second day of the war. Uh, we start to do evacuation of the people. I started with one group and then the whole time the group was changing with who we were working, serving to God. And right now we have three buses. Actually, two days ago, we bought one bus more for our group. Two days, we'll be prepared for the next trip on Monday. And today, we send two cars to Severodonetsk, and two cars more will join our group in Vinitsa. So today, four cars going to Severodonetsk. I know that just a few days ago, there was quite a challenging situation. Maybe you and Jonathan can just share that story and, and tell us how the Lord worked to protect on some pretty difficult, challenging situations. I think Jonathan can tell better this story because of English. Sure, I'd be happy to. So Jeka is one of the friends that was driving on this trip out to Severodonetsk, and they were bringing people back from there who had been stuck there. But as they were driving, a rocket hit about two or three meters from their car. But praise the Lord, the only damage that was done to the car was on the front right-hand corner. None of the tires went flat, none of the glass was broken, and everyone inside was okay. 
and the car wasn't damaged mechanically at all. So they kept driving, but they were following Google Maps coming back and they came up to a checkpoint where the guards had guns pointed at them. And apparently they had come through a road that had been mined. And so the reason why the guards had guns pointed at them was because they thought that only the Russians could avoid the mines because it had been mined by Russians. And so they were holding a checkpoint at the beginning of that road. But since they had come from the other way, they had actually driven through the mined road. The angels protected them and no mines were set off. Thank you. That's amazing. God is still in the business of protecting us. Praise God for that. Uh, Marcus, we're going to talk a little bit about Adventist help and what's happening there and uh, some things inside and some things uh, outside Ukraine. Michael, our medical director, is actually, as we speak, in Ukraine, joining one of the mobile medical clinics, finding out how we can be of help there with our team. Next week, we have about five volunteers coming in, and then the next week, another four will join us. So we need some work for them. It looks as if Yuri has plenty of work to do, and we are happy to join him and help him. Ukraine, the authorities, the Chernivtsi Regional Military Administration has been very welcoming, very helpful. No red tape like we experienced in Moldova. So we are planning to actually move into Ukraine. But... We had very good experiences with Moldova, with the local authorities in Kahul. And we have a doctor coming in, a dentist, who brings a whole dental clinic, all the equipment, all the consumables with him. And he will arrive next week. And we are planning to just roll up at the border and see if we can't get that equipment into the country. If we can... We will set up a dental clinic in Kahul, Moldova, for refugees there, but also for the local community. Moldova is a very poor country. Medical services of any kind are very scarce and uh, not very well organized. And so we hope that we can actually be of help there. If that shouldn't work, then we load everything into the trailer with the other equipment that we've tried to get into Moldova for the last two months nearly, and we will move everything up into Ukraine. Ukraine, the authorities have promised that there will be no problems getting our stuff in, so we might as well use it to help people. That's what we're there for in the first place, and not for running around after permits that don't really make sense. So we're looking forward to actually getting to work and helping those in need. Thank you for sharing that. We want to go to Ostop. Ostop is going to talk to us today a little bit about refugee hosting here in the United States. I think he actually has a refugee family in his home there with him and uh, has some experience with that. Uh, Ostop, I know that this is becoming more of a need and would like for you to share with us today. We have the opportunity for those that are here in the U.S. to open our homes and to look for opportunities to help support those that are coming in. People are coming by air, some are coming on foot through the various borders, and we can be available to host and to help those that are coming across. Some know people in the U.S., others do not, and so they need our support as they come across. I remember when our family came over, when communism fell apart in 1992, we arrived at the San Francisco airport with just two suitcases, and we didn't really know what to expect and where to go and the things to do. And the Lord led us to connect with a distant relative that was in the Northern California region. And so that started our journey here in the United States. We have the firsthand experience, and we know what it's like to be coming across. Any help that anybody can give, 
You're welcome to contact us. The information's on the OCI website. Ways to help, ways to get involved. If you have a place where children can go and study, uh, that would be helpful. If you have a place where others that are coming across would find temporary employment and help them to occupy themselves and get started and begin to pitch in, that would be uh, appreciated. Appreciate that. And uh, so friends, if you have somewhere in your home or something that you have a place where you can keep people and maybe host a refugee family, feel free to reach out on our website as the contact information for OCI and for OSTOP as well. We'll try to connect you with the right people and ask the Lord to lead in the process. We're going to go now to Lena and Vladimir. They're in Donetsk region and have been kind of surviving there, but the Lord is blessed and things are looking up for them. We just wanted to hear a report from them today. We now in Donetsk, and this is the territory that not under control of uh, Ukraine. My husband and I, uh, we work in the Health Life Center, 40 kilometers from Donetsk. And when the war started, uh, the guests stopped coming to our sanitarium. And uh, it was a very hard situation because there are no way to pay our current payments and uh, to take care about our staff. And we are very grateful to OCI uh, because uh, you help us to provide all these needs. And uh, now, two months later, guests began to return. We accepted uh, first one guest per week and the next week another one guest and uh, this week uh, there are three guests now and uh, next week it will be four guests and we hope that soon our lifestyle center will full these people are accept books great controversy and some of them go to sabbath church to uh, sermon and uh, when the war started, we prayed uh, because we don't know what we need to do. And we thought about distributing food or transporting the refugees or woundies. But Lord uh, closed these ways because this kind of work um, here in our territory can be done only by uh, government and by forces. And the Lord said in prayer, we understand that we need to do that work that we do before war, take care about sanitarium and cafe in Donetsk. And now we are in Donetsk and we working uh, on opening a cafe and a health food shop for three years. And this place in the center of Donetsk, 500 meters from the central square of this city. And um, before of war, we were, we had a little before the opening, when the war began. And all work had to be suspended. But uh, when the war began, all men in our territory uh, cannot uh, free go to the streets because police catch them and sent to front line. And for two months, all men of the city were sitting at home. Another part was uh, sent to war and uh, it, it was very dangerous. But today we, with my husband, decided to go first time through eight checkpoints and God help us and we safely got to Donetsk and now he can finish the rest uh, of the work and prepare the cafe for the opening and also today the employees of sanitary station have already come to us and we prepared the documents uh, for opening and we hope that in two weeks we can open this health food 
first and uh, in another few weeks we uh, want to uh, open cafe and the main purpose of all of this we want to provide health clubs and uh, programs of emotionally safety uh, because people uh, of this region are very tired for bombing constantly. And uh, also we have a special room in this cafe uh, when we can uh, provide small groups of study Bible. Amen. So we are very uh, thankful to OCI because also you help us to buy coal for winter and now we can work through winter with warm temperature. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, Lena and Vladimir. God bless you there in your work. I know that you're carrying on and God is helping you. So praise God for what you're doing there. We want to take just a moment now. We're going to talk about your camp. Patty is here with us. Patty, good morning and, and welcome. The Lord really has poured out a blessing to us in the last week or so. We now have the funds for phase one. $150,000 has been raised towards this Your Camp Orphanage project. And Patty, we're getting ready to start some work there. We are so thankful that God has provided the $150,000 that fully funds the first phase of this project. We've been praying about this, and we're so thankful for the people whose hearts have really been touched about this project. We've been in touch with Igor Timko, who's the camp director this week, and they have been appealing to us that they're ready to start building immediately, and we're praising God for this opportunity. We're going to go to Villas. Villas, you were there uh, uh, on site at your camp just yesterday, I believe. What's your impression of how things are going there and the need for this kind of ministry happening there? The first need there, it's a people, permanent people who will work with kids. With my wife, we go there for, for the birthday greeting. We go and we give presents for children. And today I was speaking with one government psychology and he's able to come and uh, help with program for a mentality of these kids. And I think it's a big point. It's not only construction, and still find those professional people who will work with these kids like in a permanent way, not only volunteers who come for a few days. Some permanent people are needed there to work with these orphans on a continuing basis as they move forward. So we're praying for God's blessing on this project as it launches. In the next few weeks, we'll be doing some reports on how the project is moving forward as they build this building to provide proper showers and laundry facilities, as well as some meeting rooms and ministering to these young people who have been greatly impacted due to the conflict happening there in Ukraine. We have Igor from your camp on the line with us this morning, live from the Ukraine. Igor, how has having the orphans there impacted you personally? Our first step in this work was to move our entire family and be present and be on the property of the camp to be able to serve the needs of the refugees. The last 70 days, we have worked nonstop to provide for the refugees that are there. My wife is responsible for the kitchen, and she's been actively working around the clock to feed everyone that's coming to camp. And my responsibility has been to provide programming to make sure everyone has a place to stay and, and make sure that everyone has um, their needs met. 
Since the beginning of the war, God impressed me to start reading Acts of the Apostles. And through the reading of this book, I've been inspired and I've seen how other others, you know, had their moments of testing and their trials and their faith, um, conversions different conversion stories that we see in the spirit of prophecy with Paul and, and others. And um, it's been a journey for us to, to be a part of this ministry and to serve despite the fact that we don't know what tomorrow holds. Just tell us how are your staff doing, how are they holding up, and what would be your greatest need at this point? We have seen God's hand and His Spirit leading in our staff and our team with the love that they're sharing with all the children that have come to stay at our camp. God has led in a miraculous way in the way that he's been helping our staff interact with the children. We have uh, been able to open the Bible with them for the first time. And when the children first arrived, they were telling us that they don't believe in God. And today, by God's grace, we have seen that some of those children are changing their mind. And many of them have actually learned the Lord's Prayer. Our team is also talented with music and the ability to sing, and they've been spending quite a lot of time singing with the orphans and the children that have come to our camp, and we've seen God blessing it in that way as well. One last blessing that I want to share with you is that our staff has been excited to welcome these orphans, to love them. Every morning when they leave for school, they give them a hug and um, tell them that they're praying for them, that they're thinking of them. When they come back from school, they also receive a warm welcome and a warm hug, and um, they have warm food you know, on, on the table, and they've just um, really been, been ministering to the needs of these orphans that are staying at our camp. Each day our team spends time in Bible studies. They cover different stories that the children can understand, and they share from the Word of God different promises that uplift their spirits. We are able to connect and share this personal time with the orphans and the children, and they have slowly began to open up and tell us their stories, their background, the families that they came from. Uh, we're learning of different situations of abuse and neglect, and we just take the time to listen, to sympathize with them, and we want to encourage them and share hope with them that God has a better plan for them and that God will look after them and provide for all their needs. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Igor, for sharing with us today. We're just praying for God's blessing on you and your team there and the work that's happening at your camp. We know the Lord has plans there, and he's carrying them forward because of your energy and your effort. May God bless you. We also have with us today, Alexi. Alexi, thank you for joining us for this report, and we're looking forward to seeing how God is blessing. And I know that some exciting things have been happening. Still a lot of need there at our home. Tell us about what's happening there. Well, as you know, there are several institutions of OCI in Ukraine. And at our home health center, we still have about 75 refugees staying there for a long time. And some of them are our former guests. Uh, and also there are some new people who were just fleeing from the eastern Ukraine. And they just didn't know where they were going, just heading 
toward Western Ukraine and just, you know, by chance or by providence, and I believe it's God's providence that they landed at our home and they just wanted to spend a night, but they ended up staying there for two months and they loved the place and they loved the food and they dreamed to come back. When the war began, my husband and I were in Kyiv, as well as our children and grandchildren. We stayed in our apartment for a week, but then we had to leave. We visited our home health center. When we came, we never regretted. We've been staying here for two months, and I must say that it is so calm and peaceful here. Of course, we think about our soldiers, our hearts go out for children and elderly in different cities. You know, I'm just thankful to the people who created this paradise, which sheltered refugees from so many places. I want to express my enormous gratitude to the workers of our home. They've been taking such a good care of us physically and mentally and spiritually. They've been supporting people very well, and we are thankful from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. My name is Ina, and this is my husband, Konstantin. During the first days of war, when they began bombing our town, we made a decision to move towards western Ukraine to avoid being trapped on an occupied territory. We made a swift decision, packed the most necessary things, hopped in our car and followed our nose, so to say. The choice of this center was quite random. As we were driving and it was no easy ride, our daughter was searching online to find a place where we could stay for the first night. This is how we landed at our home health center. Then we wanted to stay here for a few days to accumulate some strength and to decide where to go next. But when we got to know the center better, met its workers, we decided to stay here. So we have been here for two months, even more, and we have never regretted of our decision. Because first of all, people here are wonderful, the staff is very accommodating, the leadership is, is wise and, I should say, kind. They've always helped us, never denied our requests. We have understood what the vegetarian cuisine is like for the first time in our life. We have never seen such a variety of vegetarian dishes. In the beginning, we even never understood that we were eating vegetarian food because it was so tasty and unusual and unexpected for us, just a good surprise. We've spent these two months in a very calm and friendly atmosphere and we wish prosperity to this beautiful place, this health center. We wish these people all the best and thank uh, the leadership and donors of our home health center. And of course, we are thankful to every worker uh, we've made friends with during these two months.
Also, we have several other institutions. Two of them, little health centers, are on the occupied territories and they can't function right now. So please pray for them because uh, the Russian forces are trying to draft all men to fight against Ukraine. And of course, they don't want to do that, but it's a very tough situation. They have to hide there. Of course, they can't function. There is an institution in the eastern Ukraine that is also on the occupied area, but it's a little different situation there. They are producing health foods and they've been distributing health foods in their own town, in the neighboring towns. It's a very densely populated area around the biggest nuclear power station. And God has been blessing them. And thanks for Yodon nations, they are able to distribute food to many, many needy people there. And there's also a ministry in the city of Poltava. They do addictions rehab, but at the moment they're helping to evacuate people. And I talked to them just today and they're still traveling to those dangerous areas, just five kilometers from the front lines and trying to help people evacuate to a safer place. You know, I'm amazed that so many people are in a desperate situation there and it's seems like they need somebody to help them because they can't make a decision to move to a safer place. There are lots of opportunities inside of Ukraine, but people are staying there. Pregnant women, elderly, children, they're staying there. They've been bombed, they've been killed and injured, and they're still staying there. So it's amazing, you know, they're trying to help these people escape those dangerous places, and we need to pray for them. And thanks also for your donations, because they can continue their ministry just because of the donations that come through OCR. Thank you, Alexei. I appreciate that. Certainly, we want to pray for those, especially those on the front line and those in the work uh, involved in the work of evacuating people from near the front lines. We just want to say thank you to each one of you today. We're asking that you would continue to pray. Pray for God's blessing on these people that are ministering on the front lines. Actually, their lives are at risk in many cases, and we're just praying for protection for them and blessings on them as they continue to minister. But we also want you to know that the doors are open for people who want to go and volunteer and be a part of helping there in Ukraine and the surrounding areas. There's many opportunities. We can connect you with some of those. And the opportunity to host a refugee family here in the United States and become involved that way is there. And of course, we want you to share this report with others and encourage others to get involved in helping to support what's happening. There's a financial aspect of this. You can hear the many thanks of these individuals who have been able to minister because of your generosity. Thank you again today for watching this report. Share it with your friends and may God bless you. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.